0: And, uh, and for those that are just tuning in online, welcome. We are talking about an unexpected parade today. So it's on the church Facebook page. You go there, you hit share, more people will hear about the parade. We've been in a series called Unexpected, okay? Um, and we have been talking about how Jesus's ministry is categorized by the unexpected. So he constantly touched the lepers. He was constantly uh, hanging out with sinful people and saying, these guys are my friends. He was constantly doing the things that we would least expect one of the holiest people, one of the most sinless people to do, and yet he led us by example, and he said, I'm going to live a life that is unexpected, that is contrary to the way most people will live, and then I'm going to ask you to live the same way. So we talked about the unexpected last week. This morning, we are going to talk about, uh, and I've got my remote control here, uh, we are going to talk about unexpected parade. Okay, Today's Palm Sunday, which is the day that Jesus walked down from the hill down into Jerusalem, and there was a parade, but it was unexpected. Oh, I'm muted. How about that? Is that better? Yeah, okay. Now you can all hear me. It's like uh, uh, magnified, Peter. There we go. Okay. So unexpected parade. Now I want to ask, what makes a great parade? Anybody want to shout out what makes a great parade? 76 trombones. (laughs) Thank you, Bob. 76 trombones, okay. Fire trucks. Fire trucks, yeah. Anybody else? Balloons. Balloons, okay. Candy. Candy, yeah. Strangers chucking candy. Now, just for the record, okay, we did, my wife and I, a good job, I think, of raising our child, right? Don't eat candy off the parking lot, right? Don't take candy from strangers, unless... It's parade day, and we're like, go ahead, run into the street, grab the candy chucked at you by strangers. Is anybody else on board with this? Right. So, we got candy, we got fire trucks, we got 76 trombones, we got balloons. What else makes a good parade? 28 trumpets. Yes, all floats. I can't hear all of what you are saying, but I agree because it was said enthusiastically, okay? So, um, we have these great parades here in town, and they last like, what, an hour, and the whole town comes out, right? And there's fire trucks and dogs and horses pooping in the street and all of it. And it's fantastic, right? And everybody celebrates because everybody knows it's a parade, right? And you go in advance and you stake out the perfect spot. Now, do you all have a spot you like to hang out for the 4th of July parade? Yes. Yeah. Okay, shout it out on the count of three. One, two, three. <laughs> yep, yep, that's mine too, okay? <laughs> and uh, and so, so parades are really great now when my... I got permission to share this story. When my wife was little, um, she and her friends decided to make a parade. And so they went around the streets, it was a cul-de-sac, was it a cul-de-sac? And they walked around the streets of their cul-de-sac singing like marching songs, like "Oh, when the saints go marching in. And it was just like three of them. And they decided that you need to hand stuff out at a parade, because right, y'all need to hand stuff out. So they got crackers, like Ritz crackers, and they marched (laughs) around and nobody came to their parade, right? it was like nobody announced it. So, so they decided to go door to door and they knocked on all their neighbors' doors and told them we are having a parade and handed them sweaty fistfuls of crackers and nobody took their crackers or came to their parade. But I say I would have been there. If I had been there, I would have been in your parade. Aww. And so this morning, it was an unexpected parade. They didn't know that it was happening. Otherwise, I'm sure they would have come in, come in crowds and flocked to your sweaty cracker parade. So, <laughs> uh, So um, I'm going to use that as the lead-in. If you have your Bibles, uh, you may turn to Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 28. When you are there, would you stand for the reading of God's Word? We are going to be reading Luke chapter 19, verses 28 through 40. And this is an unexpected parade this morning. I'm going to give you all just a few minutes to get there. If you don't have a Bible this morning, uh, and you forgot one or you don't own one in the seat pockets, or the seat... I don't know, it's not a pocket, the seat platform underneath your chair. There are Bibles. If you do not own a Bible, we'd love for you to take that one, mark that one up, keep that one, take that one home with you. We want you to have the word of God in your life. So if you do not have a Bible, consider that a gift to you today. Uh, Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 28, the unexpected parade, the triumphal entry. And when Jesus had said these things, he went on ahead of them going up to Jerusalem And when he drew near to Bethpage and to Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples ahead, saying, Go into the village in front of you, and when you enter it, you will find a colt on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? You shall say, The Lord has need of it. So those who were sent away and found, just as he had told them, They were untying the colt, and its owners said to them, Why are you untying this colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. And so they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they sat Jesus on it, and as he rode along, they spread out their cloaks on the road. And as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all of the mighty works that they had seen, saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the lord peace in heaven and glory in the highest and some of the pharisees in the crowd said to him teacher rebuke your disciples and he answered them i tell you if these were silent the very stones would cry out this is the word of the lord this morning you may be seated let's pray and uh, begin lord thank you for this unexpected parade passage As we read this moment that is full of so much emotion, um, may we find ourselves um, wrapped up in this excitement of you entering into Jerusalem this (laughs) morning. May we remember, as if we were actually there, the joy of worshiping you in person as you walk down into the city, knowing full well you will be betrayed, arrested, unfairly tried, beaten, and crucified for our sins. Lord, we thank you for who you are and what you've done. We give you all the praise and all the glory this morning. Show us your truth from your word and how we might live according to it. And we pray this in your name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. All right. So we have got this story, right, of Jesus coming down the Mount of Olives on a donkey, right? And nobody didn't send out like a Twitter feed. There was no um, Instagram post that the disciples were selfieing with Jesus on the donkey. Nobody knew this was happening, okay? He just got on the donkey and he started walking and the people started coming and they started celebrating and then the Pharisees showed up and they're like, we don't like this. Shame on you, tell your disciples to be quiet. What would happen if we were in the middle of a worship song and someone came in and they said, yo, you got to be quiet. This is too much commotion. Turn it down a little bit. What, What would you feel like? Would it bother you? Yeah, well, it bothers Jesus when people tell Jesus' his people to quiet the heck down during worship. So Jesus had some words with his Pharisees. So this is what happened during a parade. Now, what makes this unexpected? Okay? There's three things that make this parade unexpected. The first and foremost is a grown man on a baby donkey. Okay? <laughs> Nothing says parade like grown man on a baby donkey. Right? Now, Now, it's interesting, too, because this is a stolen donkey right i mean they kind of i think got permission but you don't see in there that they got permission from the owners of the donkey you just say the lord has need of it and then the next scene cut to seeing jesus grown man on a baby donkey right so uh, maybe it's grown man on a stolen baby donkey. I'm not quite sure, but the Lord is the Lord, and all the donkeys are his, so he can do what he wants with them, right? So, so here's the deal. The very first thing that makes this unexpected it's a grown man on stolen baby donkey. Now, have you guys ever seen a baby donkey? No. Yeah. They are tiny, right? Like, donkeys aren't as big as horses in the first place, right? So you've got, like, we'll say this is donkey, okay? And, and then you've got baby donkey. Right? <laughs> now, I don't know how big Jesus was uh, It says in scripture that he was Not something to be looked upon okay? So he wasn't like Maybe the biggest, most muscular looking dude ever I don't know I don't, Maybe his ears were lopsided I have no idea But needless to say We'll say he's about my size okay? And you sit on the baby donkey And this is not a super impressive sight right? Um, and so this Is the Totality of the parade, right? Like in the olden days, they did not have e-fire trucks, they did not have e76 trombones. Right? There was nobody chucking candy, there were no sweaty crackers, okay? <laughs> None of this existed. It was grown man on a stolen baby donkey. Okay. Now, here's all we need to know about this: the Jewish people were expecting, according to prophecy, a warrior king to come riding down into Jerusalem in strength. And power and might and glory and fanfare and all of this to save them from their enemies to defeat Rome and to give them glory as God's chosen people and on the moment that was prophesied by Scripture what happened grown man on a baby donkey I just like saying that (laughs) grown man on a baby donkey right they got grown man on a baby donkey And something that we overlook here, like we read this passage and we're like, all right, Jesus came in on like a a small, tiny horse, you know, we're not agricultural, whatever. It's a beast of burden. He just borrowed a donkey and he sat on it. No big deal. That's what donkeys are for. Now, because we don't, we weren't, I don't know, is anybody here raised in the Jewish faith? Okay. So none of us have the context here. Let me give it to you. Now, okay. The significance of the baby donkey. It's not just that it was a donkey, okay? And it's not, it was not a horse. It was a baby colt, like a baby donkey, right? Because um, in the Old Testament system of sacrifice and worship, there was significance, high significance, for a beast of burden that had not been used for burden. For a beast of burden that had, as Scripture says, not yet been sat upon. Okay? This donkey was special. This baby donkey was unique. It had not yet been put to work in the fields. It had not yet been put to work carrying things from one end of the city to the other. It had not yet been put to work carrying people, right? So, in the Old Testament sacrificial system, an animal that has not yet been ridden signifies that the animal had been set aside for something very specific and very sacred. An animal that had been set aside for a holy task rather than a and burdensome task. The Old Testament law required that animals destined for sacrifice in the temple never to have been worked in the field, never to have been ridden by anyone. They were to be born and have no other purpose but to be set aside as special to the Lord, which is why it is so important that grown man was on a baby donkey because that donkey was set aside for the sacrifice was set aside to go to the temple and be sacrificed but guess what happened the grown man was the one who was carried to the temple and sacrificed that donkey was like the luckiest sacrificial baby donkey ever because it carried the sacrifice on its back and what a great honor for that donkey in fact there's a great short story about the donkey that carried the lord jesus um, and if you ever get a chance to find and read that story I can't remember what it's called but it's a, it's a beautiful story from the donkey's perspective um, so okay, uh, now, now you might not believe me just, but here's the scripture there we go Zechariah 9.9 9, Old Testament Okay, and it says this rejoice greatly O daughter of Zion shout aloud O daughter of Jerusalem behold your king is coming to you righteous and having salvation is he but humble and mounted on a donkey, on the colt, on the foal of donkey, the baby donkey, right? So way back when, in the Old Testament, long before Jesus was ever born, long before Mary and Joseph were ever born, long before the New Testament ever rolled around, right? Here we have the prophet Zechariah, and he's telling us exactly what the people of Israel are going to be looking for, what the parade day is going to look like, when their savior their king righteous and full of salvation is going to come humble and he's going to be a grown man on a baby donkey like if you have to rough translate zechariah 9:9, glory to god he's a grown man on a baby donkey right so uh so there you go first unexpected thing grown man on a baby donkey second thing that makes this parade unexpected it's flash mob you guys ever been present when a flash mob happens anybody I have not yet experienced a flash mob and I want to one day. I want to just be somewhere and have it happen around me and just take it in you don't plan anything. I don't know what that laugh was about. <laughs> it just makes me nervous. Uh, okay? um, But uh, but maybe, I don't know, it'd be fun. I've seen videos on YouTube of flash mobs in malls and stuff, and it's just like the coolest thing ever when people start singing all of a sudden together and it gets exciting, and everybody's like, wow, and people are filming, and then people join in, and it's just the coolest thing ever, and it's this excitement in the crowd. Okay, so that's what made this unexpected. They didn't advertise grown man on a baby donkey at noon at the Mount of Olive, right? But what they did was they had a grown man on a baby donkey and the 12 disciples and the 12 disciples were really excited and they were like laying their coats down in front of grown man on a baby donkey. Right. And so people started to see this and the greater crowd of disciples came around and suddenly Jesus 12 became Jesus 30. Right. Jesus 30 became Jesus 100. Jesus 100 became Jesus 1000. I don't know how many, but there's a large crowd. The multitude, the scriptures say multitude is the word they use when they stop counting. Right. The multitude of Jesus' disciples started praising God suddenly and spontaneously and with much excitement because of the things that they had seen Jesus do in recent days. So just the days before Mount of Olives, Grown Man on a Baby Donkey Parade, Jesus was healing lepers, right? Jesus um, was uh, making the lame walk and the mute talk. Right. All of these things that we read about in the Old Testament, Jesus was doing them like that day and the day before. And the crowds were following him. They were like, this is the best grown man on a baby donkey parade ever. We are going to praise him because we know that he is our king and he comes to bring us salvation. And so there was a flash mob and their excitement over this man and his works caused them to burst out spontaneously into praise like groupies of the greatest hero ever they were just following this dude and then he got on a donkey and they just made it into a parade and their excitement their multitude of disciples their excitement led to the greater surrounding area joining in as well and they didn't all have coats because coats were pretty special sometimes it was the only thing you owned and it doubled as your tent or it doubled as your blanket and it was like a special piece of clothing. And so, if they didn't have coats to lay down, they turned to grab anything they could grab next to them. And they were on the Mount of Olives. And so, they had olive branches and palm trees. And so, they're like, strip those trees naked. We're going to put this stuff down in front of the grown man on a baby donkey. So, they start taking branches off of trees and laying them down as a pathway for the grown man on a baby donkey as they are worshiping. And they honored Jesus by pronouncing a blessing over him. And the blessing they pronounced over him was a blessing that was given to travelers from somewhere else to Jerusalem for the temple sacrifice. So as you would enter into Jerusalem, people would greet you with this blessing. And this is the blessing that they used. It's a quote, a direct quote from Psalm 118:26, 26. And it says, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine upon us. Now, everybody who came to Jerusalem would get that blessing, which is really cool, right? Like, you enter into the temple one day, just like we greet one another on Sunday morning. We're like, (laughs) so glad to have you in the house of the Lord this morning. It's so great to see you. I've missed you. We greet people like that. They would do the same thing. When you come to Jerusalem and they would say blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord because they are excited that you are coming to worship God with them and we bless you from the house of the Lord receive the blessings from the house of the Lord is what they would say but this second third line is very important because they are saying this to Jesus the Lord is God and he has made his light shine upon us now that's great if you're not Jesus and you're getting the greeting from God's people but just imagine you are greeting Jesus And you are saying he has made his light shine upon us. You at that time in that flash mob are literally talking to the light of the world. You are blessing Jesus with the words that he has given you to praise him with, which is pretty cool if I say so myself. So you've got grown man on a baby donkey being flash mobbed and worshiped and praised with direct quotes from Psalm 118 from the Old Testament, right? So all this is going on, and it's quite a commotion as they're coming down the hill into Jerusalem. And there's one more thing that makes this uh, unexpected. And nobody mentioned this um, in their parade excitements when we were talking earlier. And maybe this has never been in a parade that you have been, but this third thing makes it unexpected. Because you can't, I mean, really, you can't have grown man on a baby donkey flash mob parade without angry yelling, right? (laughs) I mean, it just... It brings it home, right? So we've got the religious leaders who heard the commotion and they see grown man on a baby donkey and these grape trees are being stripped of all their branches and the mess is just everywhere all over the Mount of Olives and they are holier than holy, right? You know, and they... They stand very calm and very stoic, and they know how the law is supposed to be, and they don't smile or laugh or have fun or tell jokes, and so um, and they feel threatened by grown man on a baby donkey in the flash mob, and so they push their way through the flash mob and they get right up to Jesus, and Scripture we read tells us this morning that they yelled at Jesus and they said, "Tell your people to knock it off. This is too." much too crazy. You are just a grown man on a baby donkey, period. Nothing to see here, folks. Be quiet. Pack up. Go home. No parade here. They decided that their response to the one-man parade would be, knock it off. This isn't what God wants us to do. This is undignified. This is unholy. He's a man on a donkey. This is clearly not how God wants us to worship. Now, I love Jesus Um, Because he doesn't ever shy away from conflict when it brings glory to God. And so what he did was he kind of one up them. This is one of my favorite parts of this passage, right? So you've got this whole crowd worshiping Jesus, and then you've got the angry yelling, and then Jesus responding. And the angry yelling said, turn it down! And Jesus said, okay, um, listen, I could tell these people to be quiet, and they do it because I'm Jesus, right? But if I tell them to be quiet... Uh, what's gonna happen next is gonna freak your brains out, okay? <laughs> because if if people who have voices aren't allowed or aren't going to worship me on the day that I enter into Jerusalem, then that rock right over there, God's gonna give it a mouth and it's gonna start praising me, and that tree over there, that's gonna start singing my praises, and the dirt under your feet, it's gonna it might swallow you up when it says praise Jesus. And it's going to get very, very Pentecostal up in here, very quickly. And I can only imagine the uh, Pharisees' eyeballs are like, can he do that? No, like really, because we've seen him do some stuff. Can he do that? Like not really, but he could do that. He might could do that. We'll just back away quietly and we'll just let this parade happen because it's weird enough that all these people are singing his praises. We don't want the rocks singing. And so they back away quietly because here's the deal. At the pivotal moment in human history, when Jesus enters into Jerusalem to die for the sins of the world willingly, if the mouth of the people were shut, all of creation would cry out because God's holy creation will not be silent when everything has lent itself towards this moment, right? towards the sacrifice entering towards the temple. If people are quiet, rocks will praise. If rocks are quiet, mountains will cry out, right? Creation will sing God's praise no matter what. And they will cry out, worthy is the lamb who is slain for the sins of the world. Holy, holy, holy is he. And if we don't worship, the rocks will worship is what Jesus said. Now Jesus is the king, but he wasn't the king that they thought they needed. He wasn't the king that they thought they wanted, but he is the king and he is to be praised forever and ever and always. Amen. Right now, it says in scripture in Isaiah 97, there will be no end to his government or to his peace. Isn't that good news? Like when you look out at the world today and you go, man, is peace ever going to happen? There will be no end to God's government or to his reign. And he will bring about a peace in his time for his glory and the good of mankind. And it will never end. And his throne of David, he sits on it. That will never end. And his kingdom will never end. And he will establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. And what will accomplish this? The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Is there nothing the Lord cannot do? He can do anything. And what does he promise us to do? To be our king and our savior forever and ever, to offer us peace and to work for our good and to let us participate in the things that he does in the world for the glory of him and the good of mankind. And all of the people who were present that day at that unexpected baby, uh, uh, grown man on a baby donkey parade got to experience that firsthand, right? They got to experience the taste of the kingdom right then and there as Jesus was beginning to establish his kingdom with reign and rule forever and ever and ever. And the great news is We are part of that, people. Like, I got us palm branches today so we could tangibly experience what that might have been like to worship Jesus. Now, here's a challenge, okay? We've looked at what makes this unexpected, that there's a grown man on a baby donkey. Not exactly what we would expect, right? Um, There was a flash mob. It just kind of suddenly happened, and then it kind of fizzled out. If you continue to read scripture, it kind of really quickly after this moment. And then there was some angry yelling, and there was some opposition and some challenging. Not how you would probably design a parade. So I started wondering, what, what do we get out of this? Other than just, it's Palm Sunday. Like, it's the week before Easter. Most of our brains are already ahead, right? We're already in Easter, which is why we intentionally set aside Good Friday. So that we can remember what Christ did for us on the cross. We don't just jump from the celebratory uh, grown man on a baby donkey parade to the celebratory of Jesus has risen from the dead we must have Good Friday in between but what does this mean for us what does this Palm Sunday passage teach us there's a challenge in here and it's threefold you can choose to be in opposition to Christ okay? he's going to show up somewhere <laughs> in your life at some point and his voice is going to tell you you know that person sitting over on that bench you should really go sit and talk with them pray for them. You should love them. You should give them some groceries. You should X, Y, or Z, right? You should invite so-and-so to church. You should start a ministry. You should attend Bible study. But if you don't do that, guess what you are? You're the angry yellers in opposition to Christ, right? We don't really want to do that, do we? We don't have a lifestyle opposed to Christ. So we can choose to be silent. People will tell us as Christians, be quiet. Your faith isn't real. God didn't come back from the dead. This is a myth. I don't believe that. I believe something distinctly different. And they will come against you and say, if you believe this, you are closed-minded and narrow-minded and all the things that get thrown at Christians. The reality is, Christ is the least narrow of all the paths, as it were, though he says the path is narrow and few who are find it. It is the most open and available to anybody. We should never be silent, right, about the fact that God will welcome anyone who chooses to follow him. But the path is narrow and very few choose to follow. And because of that, many times Christians feel like we should be silent. If we're, at least we're not going to oppose him, we're going to be silent because it's awkward. We don't want people to feel awkward. What's more awkward? Us feeling slightly weirded out by telling people about Jesus? Or knowing that we had an opportunity to tell someone about Jesus and we didn't and they have an eternal destiny that's drastically different than ours. But they could have access to the throne room of heaven. So We can oppose him when we disobey his voice. Or we can be silent because it's just more comfortable. Or we can worship him like all of creation is called out to do. To worship him with glory and might and honor and praise and everything that all the goodness. And in Addie's children's Bible, it says, give God all the hoorays. Right? Because he is deserving of all of them all the time. So that's the challenge to us. It's quite simple this morning on Palm Sunday. Every single day, Jesus is walking among us. Every single moment, God is speaking to our hearts. How are we going to respond to him? Right? And perhaps this week you've had some opportunities and you reflect and you go, ooh. Maybe I ignored Jesus' voice, and in that case, I'm pretty much in opposition to him in that area of my life. Maybe I need to submit to Jesus as king. He might be a grown man on a baby donkey, but he is the Savior and the Messiah who died for the sins of the world, and it is a holy thing that he did, and I will obey him. right? Or maybe it's time to stop being silent. Don't let any detractors keep you from talking about Jesus, especially the week right before Easter. Statistics show that people are more likely to go to church on Christmas and Easter than on any other day of the year if they are not church attenders. This is the, next week, the day of the year where people who are not Christians go because they feel like they're checking off their God box, right? Now we know that that's good and holy, that they come, right? And we know that God draws them in those ways. But what if nobody invites them and they don't know where to go to church? What if God says, go invite people? We have invite cards, take some. They're up on both sides here and there's some on the table in the back. Take these and just like give them out like candy to people, right? Because we want as many people as possible to come to church. And I don't really care if it's this church or if it's the Presbyterian church next door, or if it's the Methodist church down the street, or if it's the Lutheran church, so long as the church is praising Jesus, we want people to go there, right? So if they say it's too far away for me to drive and get there on time and get all the kids ready, would you say, that's okay. Let me help you find a church closer to your home that you can get to, right? That's a good thing to do, so don't be silent. And then when you show up, worship worship and worship and worship and worship and worship and don't be scared to raise your hands get down on your knees worship however god has called you to worship but the challenge is to be aware that this happens every single day in our life we are given opportunities to oppose him be silent before him and the world or to worship him and yet we are called with all of creation to worship with all of our heart soul mind and voice amen Amen. So as I close in prayer, the team is going to come up and lead us in worship. And may it be a complete abandonment today to know that you can worship Jesus as part of a great crowd of witnesses that has gone before you. Those in heaven and those that are worshiping right now on earth. May we give him all the hip, hip hoorays. Amen. Lord, we give you thanks for who you are. We weren't there on that day so long ago. But we are here now. And we are gathered together as your disciples. And this morning, we choose to worship you. And sometimes, it is a choice. We have to choose to worship. We bring all of this stuff from the week before you. And you entered into this world to receive that stuff. The burdens, and the sorrows, and the heartbreaks, and all of the stuff that we bring in, life. And this morning, Father, we lay it at your feet we give it to you and we say our life surrendered to you the holy one give us words to worship you and a heart that follows you as we sing these songs father may we be moved with such joy over who you are that we recommit our lives to you that we remember and rekindle our first passion that we know that there is no one else on heaven or earth that is like you those that are here this morning that may have never heard the story of Jesus. May you speak to them extra loud this morning, Father, above all the other voices they may be hearing in the world, and speak quite clearly, I love you. I have forgiven your sins. There is nothing that separates you and me. Join me. All who come to Christ are welcome this morning. We give you glory and honor for that, Father. You are a grown man and a baby donkey, and we love you as our King and our Savior. It's in your name that we